This is the Vert Force Podcast. I'm your host, Kimber. Our show helps active duty military spouses land virtual careers. We interview virtual work influencers to uncover the secrets of mobile work. If you want income sustainable from anywhere in the world, this is the podcast for you. Hey, Vert Force. Today's episode is all about purpose. I was recently introduced to Brian Moore, who is an operations manager with Yelp. He does some pretty cool things with Yelp. And we were chatting recently because he is initiating his journey into life coaching, and his specialty is helping people find their purpose. So in this episode, we're going to go through two different conversations with Brian. And the reason why we're doing two different conversations is because I had a private conversation with him in preparation for our live video that we did for VertForce. But my private conversation with him, I felt like was so powerful. I just asked him in the middle of it. I said, Brian, can I press record right now? Because we are hitting on some really meaningful and deep stuff that I think is going to help the VertForce community. And he said, yeah, Kimber, go ahead, press record. So that's the first part of this episode. So it's going to start with just a really candid conversation between me and Brian. We're going to talk about identity, purpose, and exercises to help you take baby steps toward finding your path. Ready? Let's listen. Can you rephrase that? Can you say that again? Yeah. About how purpose is, it can be a now thing? It ties into, I think, what you were saying about process. Purpose is a journey. Purpose is kind of now. So thinking about purpose, I think similar to your journey and what you shared with me earlier, um, I thought about being like a life coach 10 years ago, but I, I thought of it as something I have to get to. And I had just been fired. I had gotten out of a relationship and it was like, who the F am I to be a life coach? And yeah. so we, we brush it aside, right? Like maybe the opportunity had showed up for me. Right. But I, was, I wasn't the person who was ready. And in thinking about now, purpose is now, if I'm going to be someone who coaches, I have to be the person working on myself today. I have to be the leader, the listener, generous spirit, gratitude. So many of those things, we can start being our purpose now in that process of where we think we have to get to. And we already, yeah. we're already there. Like, <laughs> we are already there. I recently have a few things I want to share with you on that. And the first is I tried this exercise that I really liked that was take out a piece of paper and write down that what if for you. So in that example for you, it would have been, I want to be a life coach. What is a life coach? What is What does me as a life coach look like? Hmm. And kind of describe what you look like, what you feel like, what who you are, what traits and attributes do you have? What are you doing on a daily basis? What does your perfect day as a life coach look like? And just get as descriptive as you can and write it out and just visualize it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your action on that is after you visualize it, what can you do? You know, 
every day after that, consider what you can do as your baby step of the day to get yourself closer to that vision. Yeah. So I tried that recently because I, um, I was having kind of a little bit of a meltdown of how much was on my plate. We were in the middle of a PCS and, and it was just really hard to keep all of the balls in the air. And so I finally just like, I can't live like this anymore. Something's got to give. And I just wrote down what my perfect day is. And now, you know, every day is a baby step towards getting to that perfect goal and what my perfect day looks like. But the other thing I wanted to share with you on that is I realized today, actually, this very day that we use this term and we use this coin of phrase, I'm going through a phase hmm. often. Right. Or we can conceptualize ourselves as, oh, I'm just in a slump and it'll be over later. But I think that can trigger negative patterns in your mind. So I think that what it can make you start to say is next month, I'll treat myself better. Next month, right. Or starting Sunday, I'm going to fill in the blank. Right. And then so we continually are in this cycle and this repetition. But my message right now is life is not a phase. So stop treating it like it is one. Hmm. Life is life. Today is today. And you should live in that moment and you take, take advantage of that, um, that passion or whatever it is that's in your heart, that seed that's there. Right. And take your baby step and stop treating it like a phase or start treating it like the next 90-day challenge is going to get you to where you need to be. You are where you are for a reason, and, and you have to take those steps to get there. But it's, and, and it reminds me of, I heard Lady Gaga say one time, when creativity strikes, she has to act. Because if you don't do anything with the creativity in the moment, it will disappear. Mm. And the more you use it, and I'm talking about creativity, but I'm kind of juxtaposing it as against purpose and where you're feel, feeling your heart tugging you towards. Right. If you don't follow it, it's going to fade. And the more you follow it, the more it reveals itself to you. I think we always look for like everything versus the what's the small step I can take now. Yeah. Who, and also I love the, there's the action component, but there's also the choice of like, who am I being now? Am I someone feeling sorry for myself or am I someone who's empowered to take that step forward? Am I optimistic or am I thinking of myself as a victim. Um, so there's the, the action to take, but also the, the beingness in the moment. Yeah, the beingness. I like that. And then I, I love what you even said. You were just very confident earlier when you shared, like, I'm really good at this, or Vert Force is really good at that. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. that's a muscle. It's, it's not always easy for people to say what they're really good at. Uh, and we downplay it. Um, and our, our purpose requires us to own our superpowers, our unique gifts. Um, purpose is going to be like the, the one thing that you can do because it's who you are and no one else can do it. Um, so I want people to feel really comfortable with kind of owning their, their strengths. And I think just talking through that and, and writing something, like just taking some time to, taking some time to think about it because <laughs> yeah. 
we don't often do that and like give ourselves credit and own our own our success own our gifts and then i love the i want everyone to see a new action to take because i think that's the biggest thing it's like i got all this information but what can i do right now what am i going to do tomorrow that continue, keeps me on this this process. Yes. I did a program called Lifebook, and it was an online course, and it talked about looking at all 12 categories of your life. But I'm a personal development junkie. <laughs> um, yeah. And what was different for me in that course was that it required participation in action. And it would just, for eight minutes, it would go silent and play music. And, and I would write. And one of the biggest changes I made this year was the way I talked about my health. So I was always like, oh, I'm healthy enough, but like the gym's not really important. Or I, you know, I'm in good shape. I'm in good enough shape. I don't like going to the gym. Big phrase I used to say, I don't like going to the gym. And I really started, you know, I got down to why, what's the new belief I want about health? And I just started writing, health is my number one priority. Like I want to be able to travel the world with family and friends and I never want to be limited by my body. And so I, as I started speaking out loud and because I had written it, health is my number one priority. I go to the gym three days a week at lunch now. I hadn't been in the gym in like years, but like now if someone puts a meeting at noon on my calendar, it's like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Like, this is my time. Like I go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it's become a habit and a feedback loop, but it all started with the belief um, and more so than just being like another webinar on health, another book about, you know, like intermittent fasting, the change happened because it was like, I, I wrote for myself what my belief was and what I wanted my new belief to be. Do you think that, well, were you consistently coming back and revisiting it? Were you saying it out loud? Uh, I started to, but it was, I think, really even just the, the process of realizing taking the time to think about what is it that I say about my health? How do I talk about it? Um, yeah, self-awareness. Yeah. And that phrase, health is the number one priority, started sticking around in my, in my head. Like, sometimes I would say it out loud, but it was my inner voice to me. Right. It, was, it was a new talk track. There were some inspirational quotes like, health is the f first wealth. You know, like you get some Ralph Waldo Emerson and stuff in there. But I think for me, it was the act of writing down this is my belief. Why do I believe that? What's my strategy? And I don't know if that, like, that'll be all of it, but there, there is an exercise that I, I did with Stephanie last Friday um, that I would like to do with the group. It's called like the three most important questions. And uh, it's, it's taking 90 seconds on each one to just write. Uh, what experiences do you want to have in life? What areas of growth do you want to have in life? And what areas do you want to contribute in life? And it's just designed to be 90 seconds of quick writing because then there's no, there's no editing. It's just whatever comes to mind, the logical brain shuts down. And I think people then start to get a little an inkling more of clarity on their purpose as they start to see these things. I like that. So I love, I love that exercise. And that, that becomes a fun one to even do and share amongst the VertForce community because now, now you really get to know your people and your community. On that topic, really what you're talking about is kind of reprogramming your beliefs about yourself. That's, that's a big part, I think, of purpose. It's like, uh, it's kind of like listening to that inner voice of what you want. Yeah. Listening to what you want and maybe even acknowledging why you're not letting yourself have it. Right. 
because we're the only ones who really get in our own way. Being aware to it is is a difficult part, but then changing it sometimes I think is hard. I personally I feel that I have this blueprint that I didn't really even know was there until maybe this year and last year of hmm. where I was limiting myself where I had put myself in a box because, um, you know, I'm not blaming all of this on my childhood, but I'm just saying maybe certain events in my childhood that kind of reinforced these beliefs about myself and then experiences in college and early career that continued to reinforce them. And, and I just allowed myself to continue living in that box. And then I think within the past 24 months, I've just realized that the box is there Yes. And now I'm inside of it and I'm looking up at it and I'm looking all around it and I'm thinking, how do I get out of the box? Mm. And I, I believe that the answer is kind of reprogramming your thought process. Mm. And the way that I do that is very similar to the way that you do it. I write it, but I also speak it out loud. And I don't know that everyone needs to speak it out loud, but... For me, I need to hear myself say it. And then I would say probably 60% of the time that I'm saying it, I don't know that I necessarily believe it in that moment. But right. there are really powerful days when I do believe it. Right. And it's those, it's just kind of consistency for me that's mm -hmm. consistently reframing the box or breaking me out of the box. And anyway, you, you said that you were, you wrote down your, that health is your number one priority. Right. You're not living in this box where you don't go to the gym anymore and you don't like the gym. But before that, I didn't even realize like how, how I had let it be. Like, cause you're in the box. It's what you know. Yeah. You don't even know you're in the box. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break to hear from our sponsor, Long Capture. Long Capture is a government contract consulting firm that is focused on capturing research and development contracts for cutting edge technology through the Small Business Innovative Research SBIR program. Here's what Long and Capture has to say to you. Here at Long Capture, we work to employ military spouses and veterans because we know that they hold a unique set of skills that sets them apart and helps them bring first rate service to our small business clientele. As a 100% remote company, we are proud to allow our employees to work from home in order to employ them through all of the changes that military and post-military life may bring. Interested in our company? Contact us at longcapture.com to learn more about our SBIR support services. Long Capture. Thank you for being an awesome sponsor of the VertForce podcast. If you're interested in sponsorship opportunities, contact Kimber at vertforce.us. So often, I think that's what I love about masterclasses and even things created in conversation. Insight is so powerful when it comes up in conversation. It's not just more information. When we have that thought ourselves, then we own that thought but maybe that thought wasn't available to us on our own. It really needed to be created in that environment, in that conversation. How do you, what do you think the biggest need is on this topic of purpose? Like you've dialed into yours. 
Um, yeah. What, what would you like to give back? Like, what do you want for the Vert Force community? I, I think identity, and I told you at the beginning of our call how hard it was for me mm. to let go of what I thought my life was going to be. And like, even talking about it, I almost start to tear up because there are days when I mourn this where, where John and I are from um, the uh, uh, Google's opening a tech center there. The FBI is opening a huge uh, base there. Uh, SpaceX is, is going there. I mean, I can cry over how much our real estate income just from owning property there would be worth in 20 years if we would have had the opportunity to buy. Um, it's a little Silicon Valley, but it's mixed with a DOD and, and all things government. It's such a cool city. I mean, they're putting in a baseball park this summer and they're putting in a lazy or last summer and in a lazy river going around the park. I mean, it's like, who doesn't want to hang out in Huntsville? It's amazing. It's booming. Um, it's, I think one of the top five fastest growing cities in the country right now, I could cry over the lost opportunity from not physically being there. And it took me so long to start to forge a new identity. And it is very hard when your spouse has his career, his identity, his buddies, uh, his chain of command. He knows where he's going. He's a pilot. He's a badass. You know, he's got the coolest crap happening to him right now. And I'm sitting at home in front of like three computer screens, trying not to think about what I'm missing. So I think being able to navigate that space and being able to find happiness and and find purpose. And one of the things I've always been so anti is I don't want to be put into the stereotype of a housewife. I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. I want to have a career. I want to do big things. And just because I fell in love with someone doesn't mean that I have to live this, you know, the typical path of a female. Not to say that there's anything wrong with with those aspirations and goals. That's just never anything that I wanted. Right. Yeah. It's other other people's purpose, but like there's something different in you that's calling. Right. There, there is, there's something there and it's calling me in a, in, in a certain direction. I know that there are women with, within our community who have the same kind of burning desire in their heart to have fulfilled their purpose and to have lived up to their full potential. And I know that they see the same challenges that I do because I've sat in prayer groups with them. I've sat over coffee with them. I've had cocktails with them and we've all shed tears together about how you know, we love living the life of service and we know that our spouses are called to this purpose and we're here to support in any way that we can. So, um, but you know, how do we figure it out? Right. On the other hand, you've got the transitioning service members and the veterans who gave their life to the military. Okay. They gave their full career to it. And they were told, you know, we need you to perform this mission without you. We can't do this mission. But the reality is, the mission will get executed whether you're a part of it or not. Mm. So you go so long feeling needed, being told where to be, being told what time to be there, uh, being told that your country relies on you and you know you only get so many days off a year and you've got to you know go through this incredible leave process to even get to separate, to go home to see your family. The military becomes your family. Mm. It just does. Even for your spouse, the the military becomes your spouse's family. When when John's grandfather died, I called his, the, the command spouse wife at the squadron crying because I, you know, 
that's who my, you know, my mom was here, not actually my mom, but who I kind of looked, looked towards for that kind of support. Right. And then you're out, you're out. It's over. You go back to being a civilian. You don't know how to do that anymore. It's a different, and your family, if they're not all, if they haven't all served, they don't understand what you're going through. And then you go back to your hometown or your home city, if that's where you're going back to, if you even know where you're going back to, and uh, you don't understand how to live that life anymore because you've been doing the military life for so long. The question of purpose and identity and who am I is so relevant in both spectrums. It's hard, Brian. Um, I'm not trying to create a sob story, but this is the ugly truth. And there's a lot of good in it. Yeah, there is so much good that it makes every bit of it worth it, but um, it doesn't take away from the challenges. Yeah, I, I think that's something very human we all kind of struggle with: is the the who am I, why am I here? You know, like I think sometimes we often ask ourselves how, but like that's a distracting question. It really comes down to the the who am I and the, the why am I here? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love what you said about like I think purpose is about service. And so it's kind of tapping into who am I designed to serve? Yeah. Uh, and like in this moment where I am, who am I here to serve? Is it my children? Right. Am I here to serve them? Is it my spouse? What is it? You know, what is it for you? Like I have a friend, Haley. She says, I feel called to serve the Navy as a nurse. I feel called to serve as a veterans administration nurse or like as specifically a nurse for military service members and she's 30 and just started nursing school so that's that's, that's what she's doing that's so so inspiring i know right yeah i'm really proud of her so i think i i I came to this quote because i've been talking to some of my friends about purpose and you know have they found it are they looking for it How, how what are they trying um and i got this one quote i think Purpose is inspiration in action, which I thought was kind of cool because it, it does tie it back into like something you're inspired about, something you're called to and putting it into action. What is your, what do you feel that your purpose is? Or are you, are you, are you seeking to transition into the, the life coach? Yeah, absolutely. Role? Like I said, probably 2005, I kind of felt that, that calling, but I, I, I put it away and I think a lot of it was writing down. I've always been someone who's like uh, building community for me is like always there. And I think also helping people recognize their own greatness is really something I've just been called to do is like through conversation, people getting a glimpse back, like allowing me to reflect back to them who they really are. Um, I've kind of noticed as has been a gift of mine. And so life coaching kind of then all started to come together. Like I want to, I want to create through conversation. I want to create through community. And no sooner had I really done that, that Stephanie reached out and she goes, I guess what? I got a promotion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm now in charge of masterclasses. Yeah. Um, She's like, would you like to do one? And going back to your idea of just like, I said, I'm absolutely not ready for this. And yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yes. Like, and, and, and now it's just been this, this process of, really throwing myself into it, asking myself these questions. Uh, A new motto that I am living by is start ugly. Just do what you have to do to start. I love. 
it doesn't have to be pretty. And I think one of the reasons we've been able to grow so rapidly is because we just do, we act. We don't sit around and think about it and mull it over. We just do it. And sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes we have to tweak on the fly. Uh, but that's okay because we're rolling. We are, we're doing it. I, I heard this quote the other day, the learning is in the doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it was all like about like, I always try to like, I, do I have all the information? Have I thought about everything? Have I done all the research? Have I gotten all the data? And it's like, you have just enough. You have everything you need. Now just go do. Oh, I like that. The learning is in the doing. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that private conversation between me and Brian. The next part of this episode is the live interview that we had with Brian in front of an audience of VertForce members. It's going to talk about his free masterclass and it's going to introduce the next part of interacting with him, okay? So while you're listening to this, unfortunately, the masterclass opportunity is over. The chance to join live has ended, but that is okay. We recorded it, and if you want to access the recording for free, the link is in the show notes, and we invite you to take advantage of that. All right, so let's dive into this conversation with Brian, where he is interacting directly with VertForce members. We've been having some amazing conversations about purpose and, and direction. So Brian, tell us a little bit about how your mission can be your career and, and where we're going with this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm, I've been really fascinated by this concept recently of have a mission, not a mm -hmm. career. And a career is certainly important. Uh, we all want to do the things that can make us money, that can provide for our family. But really, the you know, if we start to peel back the onion and ask ourselves why, um, we do get to a place. Well, why do I want to make money? Uh, for me, it's it's certainly to provide unique experiences for my friends and family, um, and that's important because you know if I ask why again, uh, I'm a relationship builder. I love connecting people, um, and I really like. Well, like I love helping people lead extraordinary lives and focus on growth. Um, so these are all the things that really start to make me tick. Um, and I've just learned that when I have those elements in my job, things are in flow. Things are feeling great. Um, things just, you know, happen. Uh, but when I start to get disconnected from coworkers or I haven't set up a coffee break to, to really get to, to know my teammates outside of the profession, I start to see the impact in my own personal work and the way things show up for me at work. Um, and so for me, it, it really is a, a mission of connecting people and being connected. Right. I like to use the term alignment personally. Love it. Yeah. That's something that I adopted in 2019, really understanding what does it feel like to be in alignment with your mission? And you and I spoke before we got on the live tonight because you asked me how my day was and I told you it was crazy busy, but not the kind of busy that puts you in a nasty mood. It's positively busy. And then you said, what did you say? That's it, like operating in a state of flow. In the flow. And... I love yeah. that phrase in the flow. Um, others may resonate within the zone. If you were an athlete growing up, mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's a moment when time seems to stand still, um, when you're totally present with the task at hand, 
Um, you're not thinking about, uh, I guess it's just time. Yeah. It's, it's things you can do when you, you're doing a task and all of a sudden you look up and you're like, Oh, I've been doing that for several hours. Right. Um, and I think as adults, if we, we think back to our childhood, uh, we can often think about what were those things that, that kept us engaged for hours. And, yeah. And the more we can put that into our daily lives, uh, the more we can, we can operate with uh, present moment and happiness. And so for me, uh, Kimber, see if this resonates with you, flow is really the balance of two elements. Uh, it's the happiness in the now, and it's having a big vision for your future. Both of those elements need to be present. So do you think the vision component of what your future looks like is what enables you to be in the flow? Because for me, I think when I'm in the flow and I'm aligned, it's because I believe what I'm working on in that moment is propelling me towards that thing that makes me very happy. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I think being happy now and being present, but having no vision or having not spent time really working on the things that you want to be moving towards can lead you into this reality trap. It's just kind of, you know, life goes on, um, but it's almost a sense of numbness. You're just kind of doing things, but you're not truly alive. Yeah. I'm so afraid of that. I hate that. <laughs> Don't you? It's, it's even worse when there's no happiness, no vision and no happiness uh, is then when you get the depression the, uh, and, and life just, you know, the doldrums. So. Right. And I think working from home, I experience that constant. Well, there are a lot of things that impact this. I think, first of all, becoming an active duty military spouse and having to leave the career that I had planned and intended for myself. That was the first struggle. Mm. And now I've built a great at home career, something that I can do. And it really makes me happy. But I spend a lot of time in the house, a lot of time not socializing with other people. So it can be very easy to roll into that. Mm. It can be very easy to falter and kind of trip up and get back into old habits and, and depression and sadness and losing sight of the vision. So it's every day I've got to do these mental exercises and journaling to keep myself engaged and active. Absolutely. I, I love the, the topic of journaling. Uh, that's something that changed for me this year. Um, it, it's a new habit I introduced in 2019. Uh-huh. And it, it really does what you write down brings clarity of thinking. I think so often today we're, we're hit with so much information from, from websites, from television, from our friends, from the media. And to take a moment and just reflect, well, what is it that I truly believe? Right. <laughs> it gives so much clarity of thinking and it makes it easier to say yes to the things I want to say yes to and, and no to the things that aren't in alignment with my life vision. Why do you think that journaling has opened that door for you? Um, I, I do think it is clarity. Um, it, it's also journaling for me started with gratitude journaling, um, which is another topic that I think is so important, which we can hopefully get to later in this. But journaling really was a way of just gathering all of the input. And then it was a way to turn it into output for me. Uh, and so it became a, a creation process, even if it wasn't going, if, even if I was writing for no one, uh, I was writing just for myself. I think in the beginning, that process is like, I wrote down a lot of things. I was like, oh, that wasn't good. <laughs> right? like, the inner critic talks a little bit, but you just realize, no, this is, this is for me. This is, this is a process. And the, the ability to get things onto the paper, it just opened up a lot of uh, 
positivity and ways of thinking in my life. Right. And I have heard that journaling early in the morning or journaling late in the evening puts you closer or even just after you exercise, Mm. it brings you closer to your subconscious level and it offers you the opportunity to unravel some things that maybe you didn't know were in there. And then you find it and then you can say, ooh, that's nasty. I don't want that there. Get it out. Or, ooh, this is great. I had no idea this beautiful thing was hiding inside of me. I need to build on this. I really enjoy it too. I enjoy journaling. The connection to the subconscious is really, I think, where the magic is. Um, And I think for me this year, as I thought about what could be new as habits to introduce in 2019, Mm -hmm. I realized looking back on my last several years, my friendships, my free time, I believe in saying yes to a lot of things. I believe that yes yes is an opportunity, but it also came to a place where I was exhausting myself. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Totally, yeah. I was doing it to myself. I was like, and then I had to pause and realize I'm in charge of my calendar. I'm the one who creates what I want to create. Um, And when I learned to kind of say no to things, it was really saying yes to the things that I was was visioning on, I was journaling about. Right. Uh, And it was a no to the thing just kind of popped up spontaneously. Mm -hmm. Where that came from was I was thinking about a conversation I had with my mom. uh, And she was saying, do you remember as a little kid, I used to schedule unstructured or, yeah, unstructured time for you. A day where there, you know, it wasn't a play date. Uh, it wasn't uh, a time to do homework, uh, but it was just time to, you know, it wasn't going to baseball practice. <laughs> it was yeah. just time to be creative, time to play, time to do whatever it was that I want, like I did as a kid. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, what a cool concept. Mom was helping me structure my life as a child. And when we're a child, like the world is good. It's full of joy. It's full of free time. It's full of possibility. Um, and so I was like, I just took that lesson into my year this year and I started scheduling, intentionally scheduling time that was just unstructured, but it was structured in the sense of whatever shows up in that time shows up. And if I want to talk to a friend in that time, I can talk to a friend. If I want to draw, I can draw. If I want to watch Netflix, I can watch Netflix, but it, it became just free time play. Yeah, absolutely. So how did that bring you closer to your purpose? Yeah. Um, it really slowing down. And just having time to reflect, having time that wasn't just manic yes, uh, brought me back. I think you start to, when you quiet all of the outside noise, Uh you you start to hear your inner voice. And our inner voice sometimes shows up in journaling. Uh, It'll sometimes show up when we're running at the gym or working out. Mm -hmm. Um, It shows up in meditation, which was a new practice for me this year. So there's a lot of things you can do, but it's really about quieting the outside noise to to really listen to the inner voice. And what I came back to was I love building community and I love connecting people. And so I just started looking for opportunities to do more of that. So what is your position on manifestation? I want to ask you because you have a background in psychology. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I don't tell me, take me there. I want to know what you think. Absolutely. I, I believe our thoughts are things. Um, and the thoughts that we have um, focus our awareness. And, you know, when you set like an in- intention, you start to pay attention. 
And so I think it's a matter mm. of that when we get clear on what our inner voice is telling us, uh, we see the things show up and there's, right. there's, a re- there's a readiness for them. So I think what may have happened in the past when, you know, I think about my 2018 and how it's different from my 2019. Um, I love music. I love concerts, but I was saying yes to everything. And I think if Stephanie had contacted me then saying, would you like to do a masterclass? It would not have fit into my, my view of what fun looked like or what my, my uh, imprint on the world looked like. But in 2019, I was very clear on how can I build community? How can I connect with people? Right. And, uh, and Stephanie and I have stayed in touch. I met Stephanie like 10 years ago and we've always Stephanie stayed in Stephanie is t- amazing. She is incredible. What do you think about specific manifestations? I was listening to a podcast. I was listening to the host say she was manifesting something specific, a blue cup or a, a I think that's what it was. It was a specific item. And she said she was just testing it out to see how that would go. And she was kind of meditating on it. Mm. And within, I think, 90 days, there was this big experience that she had with hundreds of blue cups. I love that. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's such a powerful concept. <laughs> it's so right? powerful. Um, and I would say it works for the people who believe it's going to work. So there is a lot of skepticism around it, but there's also a lot of these stories um, and it's, it's too powerful not to, not to believe. So tell us a little bit more about what we can expect from the masterclass that we'll be attending. And if there are any tangible steps that we can take today. And I actually do have a question on the topic of journaling. When you journal, do you sit down and just kind of pour over how your day is going or how the previous day is going? Or do you have a specific prompt to, you know, get it going to, to outline how you want your day to go? Oh, I love that. Um, and I, I think journaling is fascinating because it's so personal. Um, so for me, it, it really is gratitude. I start with the, the five things that I'm just grateful for. In the, when I got started, you, you find you keep listing the thing, same things over again. And in the beginning, I was like, wow, gratitude's hard. <laughs> I can only think of a few things. Um, but with the daily practices of it, things just start opening up. Um, and so I love to not just make the list of these days, but really feel into what that moment was like. Um, and so that's, that's, I do that in the morning before I, I start my work day because it really puts me into the, the mode of just feeling the appreciation for the little things in life. Maybe it was a phone call with my mom on the walk to work or a, even just a, a co-worker saying, let's go get some coffee. Like those little moments, pausing an appreciation for them and starting to feel the gratitude has helped me show up in a different way. To recap, Brian says he starts with five things that make him feel grateful. All right. One of our users, one of our listeners and viewers, but this person says journaling has been completely transformational. It gives me hope Mm. when I journal and it gives me the ability to focus on what's going right versus wrong. Love. And then the next person who commented said, when I journal, I normally rant about my day to get it off my chest. And I have been there. Sometimes I feel though, sometimes I feel I need to get things off my chest. I need to get them down, especially last week 
uh, last week, the NAS Pensacola uh, shooting occurred on Friday and it was really sad and it just broke my heart. And I took to my journal over that. But then again, I also had to stop myself previously from getting into that negative headspace because sometimes when I find, this is just me personally, when I find myself ranting, it's easy for me to slip into victim mentality. And sometimes I try to shift and someone gave me a piece of advice one time about journaling. And that piece of advice was start with a prompt. And the prompt is today would be perfect if, Mm. and do it in the morning. Today would be perfect if, and then write down five things that you could do that day that would make that day perfect in your eyes and then meditate and focus on making those things happen. What do you think about those at the contrast? Because I think there's a need for getting things off your chest, Mm. but I also think there's a need to use journaling to put yourself in a frame of mind. That's positive. Yeah. I I think it is. Sometimes it's, it is very important to get the negative thoughts out um, and, and to just be with them. Uh, my, my take on that is the more we resist those feelings, the more they're, the louder they're going to get. Um, they're almost like angry, spoiled children. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you, if you ignore them, they start to talk louder and louder and pay attention to me. And, and if mm, you just. Yeah, you know, that's such a good point. I, I feel like we might have some brute force parents out there. Yeah. Who's got kids? If you have kids, drop a comment and tell us how many you have. Um our user says it really helps me uplift myself and clear my mind. I always try to make my journal or blog and in my case, have a positive ending. That's important. I Beautiful. think that's super important, but I like what Brian says, be with those negative feelings and get them out. Otherwise they might just get a lot louder. Yeah, and, they, and they start to then quiet down once they've just been acknowledged and it just kind of, I like to think of it like inviting a seat and just kind of being there with the, with the feeling and just, oh, hi, hi, if you can name it. Hi, angry. How, how are you doing? Hi, angry. It's nice to see you today. <laughs> thank, thank you for joining me. Oh, gosh, that's so funny. Hey, angry. Brian, you and I went to a master class together with Kristen. Yeah. And she, in her master class, she talked about saboteurs. Right. And sort of what we're discussing now, getting those negative feelings and getting the saboteurs out and on paper seems to me like it would really help. Absolutely. But yeah, I think the negative feelings can easily get a lot louder if you're not using prompts to get them out or using different outlets for you to to let them go. And I love what you said about just the prompt today would be perfect if... It's almost like even a visualization technique. I've been following this process recently called the six-phase meditation. Um, and one of the phases, I, I can go more into it during uh, our masterclass. But one of the phases is imagine your perfect day and spend a couple minutes there. And it's um, imagine your commute. What if everything went well on the commute? What would that look like? Wow, yeah. If you have a meeting, uh, imagine what that meeting's going to look like. Uh, if, when you're going to lunch, picture the perfect lunch. And I love all that. Just the picturing the little segments of our day that add up to a whole day um, to take it a step back. If you're picturing that perfect lunch before you walk out the door in the morning, you know, if the waiter brings the wrong thing or if 
your suit's a little bit cold, you're no longer paying attention to those little things because you've already focused on the perfect lunch. So I think it goes back to manifestation and starting to look for the things that you set your intention for. So yeah. yeah. So picture myself going to bed and sleeping well tonight and having a great night's sleep. Exactly. I'll put that on my list of things to visualize this evening. Maybe having a really delicious dinner too. Absolutely. All right. So will you talk to us a little bit about what we're going to do in the masterclass, um, how you think it will help, why we're offering it for free. Mm. And when we're doing it, give us all the deets so I can get it out to the community. Perfect. Uh, Well, I think purpose is such a personal uh, topic uh, Mm -hmm. and, and it's very participatory. Right. And so I really am looking forward to hosting a masterclass uh, that brings some information, but also has some exercises in it so that we as a group uh, spend a little bit of time working through some exercises that help us get clear on the things that we want uh, and then sharing them with the group. Um, and so one of the exercises I'm really looking forward to do is something I learned called the passion test. It's a way of ranking passions to find out what are the top five passions that we have. Wow. Okay. So coming into that masterclass, I think, you know, we will have some time to identify those 10 passions. But if you have a list of 10, we, you know, it'll just allow us to kickstart that activity. And what that would look like is um, think about passions, not just in work, uh, but across all your areas of life, your health, uh, your, your intellectual life, uh, your relationships. Because if we're only going to focus on the top 10 and then really narrowing it down to the top five, you don't want them all to sound the same. <laughs> right. So uh, for me, I, I'm passionate about spending time with family and friends in meaningful conversation. That was, that was something on my list. So we need to come prepared with our passions to the class so we can take the passion test. For some, you know, another one that showed up for me is I love to travel um, and to okay. experience new places. So I think one of my passions is also traveling, or I I know one of my passions is traveling outside of the United States. And then we see we have crafting and a dog lover. Love it. Passionate about dogs, passionate about crafting. Do you think that you can grow out of passions? And I ask because I feel like I used to be passionate about crafting and I'm not so much anymore. Yeah, I, I think one of the the big lies about purpose is that that there's just one. I think you know we do, we grow, we change, we evolve. Um, some of us may have many purposes, and so I think it's it's a way of uh, if we move towards the things that energize us, then then we know we're moving in the direction of our purpose. Right. Uh, and sometimes that's many things. So I love, it. what a varied list too. This is fantastic. We've got storytelling, family, travel. Tessa says helping others, finding strength. We have one who says service, writing, writing. Yeah, I love to write. Love. Travel, dancing, singing, and shoes. I love shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love these. I love this list because so much of it is also other focused. Yeah, um, and it it involves contribution to the world, and I think that is uh, a, a key component of 
purpose is, is the contribution that we get to make through it. Love that. I love these. The community is so on point with I just know. the the generosity of, of where their passions lies. It really does give a contribution to people. Absolutely. Brian, is there anything else that you want to share with us tonight before we sign off? Uh, no, this has been an absolute pleasure. I am really loving this list and can't wait to dive into uh, hearing what the Vert Force community is really passionate about because passion is, again, so unique. And so I love hearing people's stories. Uh, so we'll explore our mm-hmm. passions together and our purpose. Y'all have a great night. Visualize that wonderful week. Absolutely. All right. We'll talk to you all soon. Have a wonderful night. Okay. That was Brian Moore. He's amazing. He loves military spouses and the military community. He believes in helping us pursue purpose. And I have to tell you that our masterclass with him, we got so deep, specifically with the the exercise, the seven levels of why. When we started doing the seven levels of why live in a class, so many of us were just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that about myself. And now that I can say it out loud and identify what it is out loud, it's kind of emotional. All right. So if you want to dig into that and you want to go through the seven levels of why exercise with us and you know, see a few of us work through some issues. (laughs) The link to join is in the show notes. All right, Vert Force, that's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast. If you need to read the show notes, you can find those at vertforce.us. And finally, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or an idea for a new episode, email us at support at vertforce.us. Catch you next week.